Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. And got equities running on pretty well from a long way back. Interject has opened up a 10-metre lead on really, really. Got equities uh, picked up the third, then always sky high, but Interject is in full flight around the turn, is further in front now, leads by 15. Third quarter, 30.5. Interject well clear of really, really. Then came Got Equity always sky high, but Interject is opening right up on debut. Is more than 20 metres in front. It's going to be about 30 by the time she gets to the post. And Interject couldn't have been more impressive than her debut performance tonight at Ballarat and has won by, I'd say, about 30 Yeah, I happened to catch that race live. I'm interested to get Chris Barsby's thoughts, but what you see just looked absolutely brilliant there. Death seated and... What I loved about it, Chris, as I say good morning to you, is when she took the front, she didn't know what she was doing, um, seemed to hit her like a flat spot and shift about and then went into another gear. This daughter of uh, the sire there is uh, always be Mickey. Interject. Yeah, that's right, Steve. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Uh, a couple of things to take away from that performance last night. Uh, she's in the right stable, prepared by Emma Stewart. And she's got breeding on her side as well. As you said, she's by always be Mickey out of a broodmare gem in Intrude. And that is a family that is just littered with absolute stars. So she's got a lot going in her favour. Uh, she's been obviously a late comer to the season. That was her first start there last night. And when you consider on Saturday night, Emma Stewart has nine of the 12 runners, nine of the 12 fillies competing in the Breeders' Crown Final. Uh, it's quite phenomenal. So I'm not sure where she sort of stacks up against some of these other fillies racing on Saturday night. But like I said, she's in the right stable and she's got the right breeding. So who knows? We could be talking about her in feature races in six to 12 months' time. Mm, and uh, twelve, Chris, so there are no five favours there with the prize. So obviously everybody knew that she'd come out and probably blow them away as she did there. Interject. Uh, Scott Steele is our first guest from Albion Park. Yeah, well, I wanted to catch up with Scott because we've had our two big nights of the Summer Carnival. Uh, we're fresh off that huge success, the, uh, the Tab Constellations back in winter, and we've run our two major nights during the summer features over the past couple of weeks. So I just wanted to get an update on Scott, uh, just with his thoughts about how everything's going to plan uh, with Albion Park. And he joins us now. Scott, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, listeners. Was it a past mark, the, uh, the Summer Carnival features over the past fortnight? Yeah, absolutely, Chris. I think the racing has been tremendous. We had uh, good crowds on track. Our corporate bookings were up. Um, yeah, so I was happy with the tennises. And what's more, the uh, the locals got a, a fair slice of the prize money too, which is always good to see as well. Well, they got it all, really. Uh, we saw Jason Grimson come up with a team of horses last week and uh, he, he went home empty-handed because it was the locals, more so the Dixon stable, that took the lot last week. Yes, and I suppose we can claim Mac Da Vinci is one of ours now. He's been up here long enough. Yeah, no doubt about that. He's been here since, what, July. So, uh, yeah, we can claim him as a Queenslander. Just going back to the first night two weeks ago, it looked like there was a really good crowd, and that's the night that you launched the embracing pacing concept. What's the feedback been like since that uh, launch? And that crowd that night compared to night two, it looked like it was a lot bigger on the opening night. Yeah, fantastic feedback. from the, the lady's done a fantastic job and it just opens up another market for harness racing, Chris. Um, uh, their charter is obviously to, is to promote 
harness racing and females in harness racing. So it's an awesome concept. And uh, you're right, we did uh, we did have the, the Creek Bar Rocket. It was packed up here. We also done um, good corporates over and paces and chases on both nights. But um, that certainly that function certainly led the way. That's for sure. Okay. Is there any comparisons between what we saw during the winter, the Tab Constellations, to what we've just been through? Is there any sort of comparisons to be made with the two carnivals in their own right? I think it's a bit hard because we probably just lacked that um, uh, next echelon of, of pacer through the through the grades. Um, I think the turnover will still ha- uh, be very strong. And I, I think probably our Sunlight Carnival, just for where it's positioned, is a carnival for the locals and uh, with a few visitors uh, chucked in there, but the winter carnival just went to a new level with international support, um, the racing, the turnover, the new initiatives. So I think the winter carnival will always be the one that we hang our hat on, but the summer carnival is always always growing in numbers and turnover. But I, and I think we probably aim that towards looking after our local trainers and drivers a bit as well during that period. Okay. I wanted to ask a question about the Inter Dominion. As we know, it's going to be staged here in Brisbane at Albion Park in two years' time. So we've got the Sydney series about to start uh, next week. The following year is going to be Melbourne, and then it's our turn. So 2023. It's not going to be that far away. Is it confirmed that the series is going to be staged in this sort of summer period? Is is it going to be consistent to what we're seeing now with Sydney and then Melbourne next year? So do we remain in that sort of summer time slot? Brittany Graham was talking about moving it to the winter, but you don't really want to sort of jam it in on top of what's a, a very successful carnival already. Yeah, I think if we wanted to get um, the most traction out of it, Chris, it would have to be in that November period, uh, keeping in line with the traditional you know, dominions. Um, obviously, then you've got weather on your side uh, and that as well to consider. But um, we'll be looking to obviously get a, a working group started soon with Racing Queensland on that. Uh, we can make a few of these decisions and start looking for potential sponsors. And uh, as you know, we really want to ramp up um, the Inner Dominion around that 2023 as it's probably a little bit quite the Sydney one so we certainly want to make sure that uh, we we get full exposure out of that. Okay. We've still got a couple of features to be staged before the end of the year, a couple of weeks away. We've got the Lord Mayor's Cup, the Christmas Cup, we've got the Trotters Cup, Members Cup so there's still a lot of good racing. We've got 11 races on Saturday night so the uh, the racing action doesn't slow down. No, it certainly doesn't, Chris. And, and um I just can't believe how competitive the racing's been over the last two weeks. I'm sure that will continue um, into the last sort of few weeks of our carnival. And bookings are very strong. We've got a Christmas parties turning up, so they'll be on course to see some live action. And uh, as I said, hopefully it continues to be as competitive as it has been. One final one before I let you go. The announcement came through last night from Racing Queensland in conjunction with the, uh, the state government about uh, the investment plan, the booster racing. Uh, $5.5 million for Thoroughbreds, $4.6 million for Greyhounds, Harness Racing, $800,000. Any thoughts or comments on that? Well, Chris, it's not too often you're disappointed when you get an increase in prize money, but um, I'd certainly say from uh, the industry people I've spoken to, leading trainers and drivers and owners, that, um, yeah, it is a bit of a disappointing uh, uh, release for Harness Racing. Um, as you know, both Thoroughbred and Greyhound race twice as many times as a harness ra- as harness horses, so obviously their turnover is gonna, going to be up. But Chris, in the financial year 21, harness racing turned over 670 million, which was up 29% on the previous year, which obviously led to record revenue of around 17 million. 
And then uh, to receive an announcement like that where if my maths are right, which we haven't actually seen the actual fine print yet, some owners that own horses at Redcliffe may even end up with less money in their pockets than before the announcement with the increase in um, trainers' percentage. As an industry, I think the announcement is is embarrassing and unacceptable. So um, uh, I'd like to, obviously, as a club, we're providing our feedback to it, but uh, I think we, as an industry, we need to look to do better, Chris. Yeah, certainly looks that way. Scott, really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside across the weekend. Look forward to it, Chris. Talk then. Here's Scott Steele, Chief Executive of the Albion Park Harness Racing Club, joining us. So we go to Albion Park on Saturday night, our main meeting of the week. It's our Metro card. And as I said, 11 races coming through. One man that's set to play a big role because he's got a number of runners stepping out at this meeting is Ricky Furlow, and he joins us online now. Ricky, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Busy night coming up for you on Saturday night. Yeah, busy night. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I hope a chopper... Uh, will come out. He's he's picked up a bit of a stone bruise, but um, yeah, still got four runners in. Okay, well that's disappointing because I hope the chop is low flying at the moment. Uh, his runs week in week out have been so good. Sectionally, he's really good, and that was a good quality race, good prize money as well, twenty thousand dollars. So he's going to be on the, uh, the 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 laying low list for a couple of weeks, obviously. Yeah, he'll he'll just have uh, oh, sort of been trying to. Uh, Get it to come to a head for a couple of days now, but um, unfortunately, yeah, he's, he's he's not going to be able to start Saturday night, which is yeah, the horse is going really well. Um, the end of the day, you know, he'll live to fight another day. So, a few weeks having it easy, and he'll be back. All right, race number three, first string is stepping up your stable. Last week, Ricky, this guy was a huge street corner tip. Uh, he had to breeze up last week, which probably didn't suit him. Uh, what did you make of that effort last week? Can he bounce back this week? Yeah, he's a funny horse, uh, first string. He's uh, sitting outside the lead is not, not his style. Um, and unfortunately, last week, he wasn't able to um, get to the front. But um, if he's in front or he gets a run, uh, which he likes, um, other than outside the leader, um, he's quite a nice horse. And... I don't think he's going that bad. I, I think he's going a lot better than his numbers suggest. Um, you know, a couple of times that he has been beaten, you know, I've had to drive him out of his comfort zone. So, um, yeah, I, I would look, um, I would look forward to a good showing tomorrow night. Last week was twenty one hundred and thirty eight metres. He's back at a mile. Is he better suited over the sprint trips? Yeah, I think so. I think he's uh, he's more of a speed horse than. Uh, a staying horse, um, and Saturday night we'll, um, yeah, we'll have a crack off the gate, and hopefully we can find the stop. If he does find the lead, he's going to prove hard to beat. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, he, he's a different horse when he's on on top. Um, you know, he gets uh, a lot of confidence when he's in front, and you know, it'd take a pretty good horse to run around him. I think. Okay. Two runners for the stable in race five. You've got the banker, gate four, and you've also got Shadow Minister, the last start winner, drawing the outside of the second row. Was it a tough decision to work out who was driving who, or was it straightforward? Uh, not not really. Uh, the banker's not the easiest horse to drive, um, and Zach hasn't driven him before, so I opted to drive the banker. Um, Shadow Minister, he's got a tough draw outside the back row. Over the mile trip, um, you know, it should be a fast run event with um, with Judy Douglas drawn seven. He'll go forward and, and any race that he's in, you know, they're pretty solidly run races. So 
both will need a bit of luck, but uh, Shadow Minister is going good. Um, you know, he sat in behind the leader last week and was too good for there's a chance, and there's a chance is racing really, really consistently at the moment. Mm. Just with the banker, firstly, uh, is this guy a little frustrating? Because he's got ability. He's proven it time and time again, whether it be at the trials or in some of his races. He's recorded some really good sectionals, but a lot of the times he's just not putting it all together on race night. So is he a, a frustrating horse? Yeah, he's a pretty frustrating horse. Um, as I say, he does have a lot of ability. Um, you know, if the right one turns up, he's got a few tricks. You know, he's, he's not the best gated horse. Um, you know, he's got a few little niggling issues. Um, you know, but one day the, everything will fall into line and, and people will see the right banker. But, um, yeah, yeah, he is frustrating. Okay. And Shadow Minister, as you said, he was able to sprint lane last week, score, running down the inform. There's a chance. It's going to be tough from this second row draw, but he just looks like he's a good money spinner. He'll keep winning races. Yeah, for sure. I, um, like, he, he, he's, probably still eligible to go and race um, midweek races at Albion Park. Uh, but, you know, he's going good enough to give him a go at, at uh, an MO. So, unfortunately, I was trying to get him into the um, the main MO, but, um, you know, he didn't make that field. But it's a pretty strong field. So, um, you know, they're on every week. So, you know, he's the type of horse that he is he's pretty genuine. Um, you know, he, he's... Obviously better if he's racing on the front end. But, you know, in saying that, uh, would not surprise me um, if he had a good trip tomorrow night in a solidly run race. Um, generally, um, the race that Judy Douglas is in, the, the last quarter is generally the slowest. So, you know, if he has an economical trip, wouldn't surprise me for him to get over. Yeah, fair enough. And just speaking of frustration, uh, the final runner for the stable on Saturday night, race seven, number seven, Better Vision. Is he becoming a little frustrating? Uh, he, he sort of missed away in the score up last week, forced the chase hard, still beat home a number of horses there last week. So his sectionals were more than okay because he shouldn't have been able to finish as close as what he did, given what happened at the start. No, unfortunately, he's um, he's getting a, getting into a little bad habits. Um coming out of the pre-race um, circle and, and just goes into a little bit of a canter. Tomorrow, uh, Saturday night, we'll put some shorteners on him. Um, but, yeah, he's he's being his own worst enemy the last three or four weeks. But uh, on a whole, the, I think I don't think I've got a horse going probably as good as what he is. Um, you know, he just he just needs to behave himself coming out of the circle and, and it's a very winnable race for him on Saturday night. Mm, I'm not surprised you say that because uh, you, you look at his numerical form, it doesn't read all that well, but he is going a lot better than what those numbers suggest. Yeah, for sure. And I think the small field um, suits him on Saturday night. You know, he's a horse that you can't use early. You've got to sort of let the race unfold, how it unfolds, and then and then sort of chime in late, um, which small field will suit. But as a from a if I was a punter, I wouldn't be um, shying away from him because, uh, as you say, sectionals over the last month have been really good. Um, he just needs to put it together, coming out of the circle and getting the score up. So hopefully we can do that Saturday night. Well, that job's on you this week. Uh, your, your catch drive on Saturday night is roll one over a horse. You know, well, you used to train this horse. He's now under the care of Taylor Gillespie. This looks yep. fairly open. The class runner's fond memories. But do you give roll one over any sort of hope here? 
Yeah, well, roll one over's. Uh, he's he's a sort of a nice horse. Um, unfortunately, we um, cut some numbers back, and and he went. But if I had my choice, I would have. He would have been one I would have liked to have kept. Um, he's got good gate speed. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if he can get across um, a couple of horses on the inside, but he, if he did happen to roll to the top, you know, he's he wouldn't be without a winning chance there. All right. So how many are you working currently? Uh, we've got nine here at the moment, so okay. enough to keep me out of trouble. No, I was going to say, enough to keep you busy anyway. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. A couple of new ones. Right. So, um, next few weeks, we'll get them out. Well, good. Sounds exciting. Really appreciate the time. We'll see you trackside Saturday night. Chris, anytime. There's Ricky Thurlow joining us. So a number of runners for the stable there at Albion Park this weekend. Brittany Graham joins us each and every Thursday morning. And she's online with us now. Brittany, good morning. Morning, Chris. How are you? Very well. Your Inter-Dominion series in Sydney starts next week. Uh, we've got the uh, the final sort of rankings and those fields. The first round of heats will be drawn on Monday. King of Swing, the McCarthy Stable, they flex their muscle on Wednesday morning, yesterday morning. King of Swing, Expensive Ego, Alter Orlando, Spirit of St. Louis, all trialed. So are they on target? Are they the two horses to beat King of Swing, Expensive Ego? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so on what we've seen so far. And that trial suggested that uh, the whole McCarthy crew are certainly on target when it comes to this series. Everybody else uh, at the top end of the market, so to speak, will have to uh, do some travelling and they'll be out of their own comfort zone as well. So uh, I, I still I still believe that the series is a great leveller uh, and the trip over in terms of the, the final is also a real... I think it's a real unknown because those longer distance races at Menangala are, I think, just a different kettle of fish to longer distance races anywhere else. So, yeah, I'm interested to see how it plays out and just the, the uh, I guess, the layout of the series as well is also going to be really intriguing. But uh, looking forward to it. Hopefully everybody gets through safely through the heats and we get all of those horses that we're hoping to make the final into it as well because it, it is a little bit disappointing that we're not seeing a lot of interstate interest, but that's a bit of the nature of the beast at the moment in the world that we're living in. Yeah, no doubt about it. It will be a good test. There's no two ways about it. The fact that all the heats are being staged at different venues, so you've got to take in the travel throughout the week, and then you've got to keep running up and earning maximum points. So it's going to be a good test for both horse and trainer and driver as well. Uh, Matt DaVinci, who's taken all before him here in Queensland in recent times. 12 starts up here, six wins. He's won his last five, including last week's Group 2 Queensland Cup. He's been a big jumper as far as the rankings are concerned. He started off at 41. He finishes at 15. Do you give him a chance uh, now that he's safely in that final? Have you got any indication who's likely to be driving him throughout the series? No, no indication. And probably the fact that uh, the borders. Uh, particularly to Queensland, when I have no doubt Shane Graham would have loved to, to partner with him, but the fact that there's no going back and forward until December 17 basically rules him out. So I know Blake Fitzpatrick did a fair bit of driving on him when he was based in New South Wales last time, so I would assume that he is probably uh, the obvious choice, but he was great throughout his campaign here in Queensland. He's going in in a super frame of mind, and the great thing about him is he's so versatile that throughout the heat, depending on whatever barrier drawn he gets. There's so many different ways that he can be driven. So 
he's not going to be a horse that has to have a hard run every heat to try and get maximum points because we know that the high speed that he's got as well. And I think that's going to be important. Uh, he looks sensational, so no doubt he's going into it happy and healthy, and that's going to be to be vital considering how testing the next few weeks is going to be for him. Mm. And just with the trotters, we know Majestic Man has arrived this week from New Zealand following uh, Cup Week over there. He had that brutally hard run last time out in the Dominion chasing home Sunday Sun. I suppose the disappointing thing uh, with the Trotters series is the fact that Andy Gath has uh, scratched all of his runners. So we won't be seeing the likes of Majestuoso and a few others. So it probably just takes a little bit away from that series. Yeah, I was really looking forward to the Trotters series with King of Swing the dominant force when it came to the paces. I, I was looking to the Trotters series to be that little bit more open and uh, be all these horses we were hoping coming from dif- different jurisdictions and meeting. But at this stage, it looks as though, again, there's going to be very little uh, that make that make the trip outside of Majestic Man. So, no, it, it is a little bit disappointing. But I guess considering uh, how things have played out over the last 18 months, it's not surprising either. It, it's hard for people to either send their horses away to different trainers or, or travel and, and take that risk as well. But for Andy's team, I guess, probably a few of them maybe just haven't raced at their absolute best and when there wasn't going to be a big amount to go and make the trip worthwhile, it probably made his decision a little bit easier. Yeah, so Tornado Valley's out, McLovin's out, mentioned Majestuoso, have horse, will travel. They all come out of that trotting series. So it all gets underway next Saturday night. What is going to be the highlight for you this weekend? Oh, obviously, the Breeders' Crown is going to be where a lot of the attention is. Uh, it, it's going to be a great meeting. Actually, I've heard a few people discussing the Breeders' Crown and it, it has changed shape over the last four or five years when they moved away from uh, having the heaps in each of the states. And there was obviously a period in time there where some of the states didn't have uh, a lot of numbers when it came to the heats, but I'd love to see it return to uh, to what it was prior. There was such interest from all of the different states of Australia and a really big interest from New Zealand as well. We're just lacking that, I feel, over the last few seasons. And even aside from, from COVID, taking that out of the equation, I think it just lost that little bit of luster when they moved away from that model. So it will be interesting to see if there's any change when it comes to the Breeders' Crown. No doubt this Saturday night, the quality is still excellent but we're not seeing a great deal of difference and we won't see a great deal of difference from the victorian derby and oaks that we saw a few weeks ago and then through to the vic bread super series there might just be a few omissions when it comes to the kiwis not being obviously eligible for that so i'll be interested to hear if there's any change when it comes to the breeders crown because there's such great prize money on offer i'd love to see there be a a little bit more representation from right across the board, but this three-year-old Phillies crop is so great, and it's going to be super to see how the the Kiwi number one seed better twist and ladies in red line up, and there's a few there that are just in behind them as well. Do you think that the Breeders' Crown should be reversed with the Vic Bread? Should they run the Vic Bread before the Breeders' Crown? Should the Breeders' Crown be the uh, the final big carrot at the end of the season on New Year's Eve? I think so, particularly now that New Zealand have moved away from that big Auckland Cup meeting on New Year's Eve as well. That just might give the Kiwis a little bit more time to take stock after uh, New Zealand Cup week. And then we're, whilst they've got a little bit of a lag in the middle there, it might entice them to come across as well. And I think that's what makes the Breeders' Crown that trans-Tasman rivalry, and that would make sense. 
Okay. What is your best bet this weekend? We'll go to Albion Park on Saturday night. I made it my best bet a couple of weeks ago and we just fell short. But I think the race profiles really nicely for the Ideal Dancer. Race three, number one. His effort on Tuesday was excellent. He's got the one gate. He's got options from there. So... We'll stick with him. And I also in that three-year-old Phillies division of the Breeders' Crown, if you're looking for something at a bit of value, I think the $10 still available for Life to Beach is really good shopping. She, I was there on Jewel's Day when she gave Better Twist a real fright in that three-year-old Phillies division. And I think she's building nicely through the series. She's got the ace gate. And it just profiles perfectly for her, considering the amount of pressure that we're going to expect to see. So... We'll go with the ideal dancer at Albion Park, but if you're looking for one in an each-way price at Melton, better twist in that three-year-old Phillies division, which is race number seven. Okay, so the ideal dancer, and then we go to Melton on Saturday night for uh, Life's a Beach there. Excellent. That's it. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Appreciate the time. We'll be chatting next week. Thanks, Chris. There's Brittany Graham joining us. We go from Brittany, we go to Matt Young over in the West. There's always plenty to talk about as far as harness racing in Perth is concerned. They've got another big program coming through tomorrow night at GP. Ten races, plenty of stars stepping out. Matty Young, good morning. Good morning to you, Chris. Hurricane Harley steps out in race number five, the Rawa Cup Group 2 feature of $50,000. He's up against some pretty tidy opposition as well. Can he win again and make it a hat-trick? Yeah, the way he went last start, uh, he was exceptional in his performance. So I can I can see him winning the race again. It does get a little bit tricky for him uh, following through from the back line. Bletchley Park, who's drawn the front, looks to get a pretty good run uh, to be able to get to the top. Mighty Conqueror might be the horse that puts the pressure on in the breeze. So Hurricane Harley could be sitting about 1-2, one, 1-3, one, and then Junior's got a few decisions to make there. So... It will be an interesting race tactically, but uh, the barrier draws have really made it uh, a spectacle going forward. Okay, no doubt about that. Uh, last week, we were talking about Rock and Roll Lincoln and what the future holds for this former WA Pacing Cup winner. Lo and behold, he turned up at the trials last night at Pinjarra. Uh, anything to report with Rock and Roll Lincoln? Yeah, so uh, during the week, it uh, was discussed that uh, he had sustained a bit of a virus going through the stable. And, um, yeah, there was no real rush to get him back to the track uh, as quickly as he needed to be. They were just giving him a bit of extra time. So uh, it's great to see that he's back. Uh, and his trial yesterday was really smart. They didn't really push him around. It's a bit like how they drove Major Martini in the first trial just basically looking after the horse and they went out there with a plan to run a certain time and keep him in his comfort zone and they did that he surged the last 100 meters of the trial to go over the top and win under very little urgings from gary hall jr so i'd say that uh, it'll be a massive pass mark for him he may trial again looking at uh, his condition yesterday and the way the trial was run and the class that he's at, he probably needs another good hit out before he goes back to Gloucester Park where he will be racing, you would imagine, first up from a spell. Uh, so, yeah, I expect him to trial again once more before heading back to Gloucester Park. All right, well, that's very encouraging news there for Rock and Roll Lincoln. You've just mentioned Gary Hall Jr. We just spoke about Hurricane Harley. He's been the driver... Uh, to, to follow and back over the past couple of weeks, bag full of winners last Friday night and the week before. He's got another couple of key bookings uh, tomorrow night, just going through that program. We've just touched on Hurricane Harley. 
You're so fine second up. Major Martini second up. They're going to be a very skinny odds, aren't they? Yeah, they should both just be winning. Uh, the performance of Major Martini first up was good. Uh, it was uh, the perfect run, I think, they could ask from uh, the Justin Prentice stable that that horse was able to get. And, of course, um, uh, You're so fine was absolutely outstanding. So... They should both be winning. Junior's got uh, plenty of other good drives, but uh, they probably won't be as easy as that one. Okay. Uh, last week you gave us Walsh. He duly saluted. What have you got for tomorrow night? Well, I'm not really proud of that one last week. Uh, he went around at prohibitive odds, so um, I, I consider that a buddy cross. Uh, that was that was pretty ordinary from me. Don't feel too bad. Uh, I got a threes on favourite beaten last Saturday night at Albion Park. If you had to said to me, this won't run the top three in this race, I would have had you locked up, but uh, lo and behold, Leiden <laughs> got run over and run fourth, so don't feel too bad. Uh, just, yeah, the, the whole idea is to try and get some value. And, um, so, yeah, we want we want the punters to be able to make some money. So, uh, look, I'm going with uh, race six, number one, Mac Lani. He's had four runs back from a spell. This horse has got uh, the perfect draw. He's got a bit of gate speed. I think he'll be able to hold Tyler Brett early, who should challenge him. He was held up last start for uh, a major part of the last section of the race, which, of course, is where he needed to get that clear run and finish it off. But he was bolting to the line. Mickey G jumps back in the cart, and he loves to lead, and I'm sure he will be able to lead. And from there, that's pretty much the race for mine. I think it's just a race to the first turn. So if he can hold out, Tyler Brett, which I think he will, I think he'll win. So McLarney, race six, number one, is the way to go for tomorrow night. Mm. Okay, many of these horses are down on form numerically. McLarney, no exception here. Seven, six, eight, zero. But you're hoping it's going to be a big one against his name come tomorrow night. Just speaking of Mickey G, has he got a, a group one runner this weekend or coming up through uh, the carnival over there with the Gallops? Yeah, this Saturday at uh, Ascot, he's got Captain Chaos racing in the railway stakes. So uh, he got the horse off of uh, Stephen DeCampo, who is um, uncle to Aidan DeCampo, and uh, a few friends of theirs in ownership in Bunbury, Capel region. And he's done an amazing job with the horse, gone from strength to strength, winning uh, pretty much a maiden, and then all the way through to a Northern Cup, placed in the Bob Peters on Saturday, just gone, and will race this Saturday in... Uh, the Group 1 Railway Stakes, which is just an amazing effort. He's he's a very good trainer, Mickey G. He just knows horses, uh, both codes. He just knows them and a great conditioner of horses. And we really do wish him all the best. And he'll have the whole harness industry cheering for him this Saturday. Yeah, and he's a chance. He's a realistic chance. He is. He is. Um, Western Empire is in the race. He's very smart and he looks uh, incredibly hard to beat in the Railway Stakes. But... Uh, look, um, Captain Chaos is he's getting out to some good odds now, but uh, before his third last week, he was uh, a major player in the race, and Mickey G reckons he's pretty close to being spot on, so he thinks he'll be able to take the step up. He's got a perfect draw as well, which uh, really helps, so he should get a really good run in transit. And um, Yeah, he's, he's good each way odds now, and he has to be considered a really good top three, top four chance. Okay, well, that's great news. Hopefully you can kick him off with that winner tomorrow night, Mac Lani, and then he rolls into the big day on Saturday there with Captain Chaos. Uh, good friends with uh, uh, Tommy Berry and uh, all the guys in Sydney. So, Mickey G, hopefully a big weekend. Matty, as always, really appreciate the time. We'll be chatting again next week.
Cheers, Chris. Thank you.